I even so much so as like with all those those things of turmoil that happened that I told you about. Um, I even take complete ownership over those situations because I'm like, well, I'm the one who decided to get into business with X person or I'm the one that decided to put my trust into X person. You know what I mean? And although, yeah, like it's it's really easy to be like this person's a shitty person and they do this and they do that. And it may be true at the end of the day, that still gives them power over you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me, at least might not work for everybody, but it's more empowering and better for me to be like, yeah, I made, I made these mistakes even with people and they may still be shitty people. They may have done certain things, yeah, lied about certain situations or whatever. But at the end of the day, I could have just done everything on my own from the front, from the jump, you know? Yeah. It's this, it would have happened differently if it could have, it was all meant to be this way. And it's either you outsource your power by focusing completely on the other side of the coin, the other parties, or you can be like, what is it that I can assume responsibility for? And what is it that I can do about this situation? Because all I can really focus on and all I can really make a difference about is what is in my side of the court, you know? So it's, it's so, it is very much empowering to be able to have that perspective and choose that perspective and be the architect of your reality and basically be able to, you know, make the moves where only you can make moves and decisions and, um, yeah, your behaviors and all the other things. Yeah. I, I am heavy on the, I think that scarcity mindset and, um, what's it called? The victim mindset victim mentality yeah it's it's like it's almost like it's promoted now you know like nothing's within your power nothing's within your reach you're a victim you're the life is scarce take the safe route um because if you don't take the safe route the chances of you like achieving what you what you dreamt of are super low so you might as well just settle Mm -hmm. you know and the victim mindset is almost the same thing right like if i don't have to take responsibility for x behavior or x thing that happened to me then um, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I have a beautiful definition of the victim mentality because this is a big cornerstone of the work that I do and just apply understanding what the victim mentality is so I can actually be empowered and do the things I want to do in life and evolve and continue to take radical responsibility for, you know, what my life is and where I'm at so I can move forward in the direction that I want. And the victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard him or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. And the victim mentality depends on habitual thought processes and attributions. So it applies uh, dependency, you know, so people do fall into dependency on the victim mentality because it's much easier to blame others and point the finger then actually assume responsibility and go into those uncomfortable places and make the changes you need to make to do whatever you want to do in life and create yeah. the life you want to create. And yeah, that's like, it's a, it's a generational thing that's handed down. hundred percent. That's like, um, they say get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Yeah. I love that. It's super cliche, but it's, <laughs> right. we it's, hear it all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And every like cool entrepreneur on Instagram is saying that. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's true, right? Because when you do something wrong and you are going to take the victim mindset, the victim mentality, it's, it's, it's like 
for some reason it's become comfortable to do that. And the uncomfortable portion is taking accountability, but like those poor, those, those points of uncomfortability, when you finally do decide like, okay, I'm going to take accountability for everything are the moments where you actually get to grow mm -hmm. because you get to see like, this is a behavior that I did that caused X problem in my life. So how do I avoid that problem again? Well, I don't do this behavior, but when you continue to be the victim, you can never correct for mm -hmm. the pro the actual problem. So mm -hmm. yeah, man, that's cool. I like that a lot. I'm glad to be here with you, bro. Yeah, man. You too. Counterculture podcast. Counterculture. So with that, we'll actually Yo. do the intro, man. <laughs> um, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Counterculture pod. We are here with Mr. Wild Bill himself. Uh, should I say the Slingshot Boys? Well. Or is that not a... Something that's on pause for now. Okay. That's something we can talk about, though. Sure. That's one of the creative projects that I was involved in, and... It's in like a limbo period, so. Got it. Yep. So Wild Bill is a creative, he's a thinker, I like to think. Absolutely. Um, he's a, an artist, a jewelry artist. Are you still doing that? Yes. Yeah? Okay, cool. And he just got back from a big trip across the country. Yeah. And overall, he's just a super cool dude. So Bill, when I start the show, I like to give people their flowers, at least people that like I know, uh -huh. right? I know, I know, I don't give everyone their flowers, but I don't always interview everybody, like people that I know, right? So I can't necessarily give people I don't know flowers. Um, I guess I could. I'm just a little too lazy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but Bill, you affected me in some pretty cool ways. I really, really fucking like watching people like do not normal shit, I mm. guess. Right. Mm -hmm. And so... When we first connected, it was because I was doing the Mindful Saturdays at my gym where people would come in and we'd do yoga for an hour to an hour and a half with Mika, amazing girl. Um, and then we do contrast therapy, some breath work stuff, all that. And we would just, at the end of the day, connect, network with people. Um, and him and his friend Rob came in. And the way that you guys affected me was actually the first time that we met which was super cool. Dude, you guys wanted to hug right away. <laughs> Always. Always. Hugger. And so from that, I realized like that you guys are affectionate dudes. Mm -hmm. You're able to connect immediately, right? And you want genuine connection. For me, that affects me greatly because so often now, like guys are just not willing to do that, to put themselves in that vulnerable position of like offering a hug. Mm -hmm. So you've affected me more in an emotional way than any way else. And I really appreciate that, dude. I mean, something as simple as giving, getting a hug from somebody dude, 100%. is great, you know? So yeah, yeah man. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about how you got on what, what, okay. How would you define what you're doing right now? It's a good question. Uh, first and foremost, I want to receive that and, and yeah. just say thank you. And I appreciate the love and yeah, dude, I felt, I felt a connection right off the bat with you. You were also just a, a tender human and someone that like I could feel this open arms type of energy and like benevolence and support. And ever since I've known you, anything I've, you know, brought your way, you know, we've this is our second podcast together and pitching uh, potentialities for collaboration, stuff like that. I've always felt unwavering support and just welcoming and, and wanting to work together to grow our individual pursuits. And 
I love being on this podcast. I love the concept of it. And there's this great quote by Mark Twain. And it is that when you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect Mm -hmm. and and look, look at where the majority is at. Right. Fat, sick and disconnected. Mm -hmm. And the status quo is mediocrity. And and we are by nature um, incredibly powerful individuals. And when we find ourselves going with the grain of society, it's like, we got to look in the mirror and and there's some changes to be made because where we're at in terms of the status quo, it's just really sad. And so I love the concept of your podcast for that reason, because we can really illuminate for people that concept that we're destined for so much more literally Mm. by nature. We're all have our own unique fingerprint that we and like imprint we can leave on the planet if we do the work if we go into the challenges if we go into our weaknesses Mm -hmm. and we truly get uncomfortable and it's called uh discomfort for a reason it sucks (laughs) yeah it sucks and it's gonna feel shitty and you're gonna be crawling in your skin depending on what you're doing yeah and that's that's the key to to unlocking the gold within ourselves is really going into those weaknesses so how would I describe what I do? Um, I love learning how to love more effectively, learning what love is, learning how to express love and in forms of whatever creativity feels most present for me, following my heart. What excites me? What you know? am I feeling enthusiastic about? Am I willing to do the work, go into the discomfort to do these, whatever it may be, these creative pursuits that I feel called to do um, so for the past 10 years, I've been a professional jewelry artist and, and that's a long story. If we want to go into that, we can, but essentially I create high end jewelry art engagement rings, working with precious metals and gemstones. And that's something that's, I've learned so much about myself through. And then on top of that, I've been a holistic wellness enthusiast and practitioner for the past five years or so. And it's interesting because jewelry art is what led me into that path because I started listening mm. to a lot of podcasts and started yeah. with Rogan. And then I found Paul check who started talking about soil health and, yeah. and the health of the planet and like all these various wellness principles that allow one to just be in their most optimal form, mm-hmm. be in alignment with nature. So we can share our gifts with the world and, that's something that's more present now for me in terms of what I'm pouring myself into and, and what I'm delving into. And what I feel most fulfilled doing is sharing those principles with other people and encouraging people to take care of their bodies and their minds and their spirits so that they can understand what they want to do. Because when you're fucking eating pizza every day and, and jerking off and drinking way too much <laughs> yeah. coffee and like, you know, you're, you're watching five hours of TV a whoa, day. Whoa, wait, like, chill with the coffee. Chill <laughs> oh, with the I, coffee. Love co- I drink a bang energy <laughs> yeah. on the way here. So yeah, yeah. I like my caffeine too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm all for utilizing these things as tools that support us, for and, sure. you know, allow us to express in the ways that we want. Um, but yeah, like right now I'm just, I'm really called to serving people in optimizing their health and learning how to express themselves and be themselves. Cause that's, that's when life becomes fun. Yeah. yeah. What are some ways that you like help people optimize their health? Yeah. So, you know, very much early on in the journey of coaching and, you know, bringing people together to do this. But, um, 
you know, breath work's definitely one of them. Just mm-hmm. a lot of the basic stuff that allows us to regulate or or go into altered states of consciousness because there's multiple forms of breath work. Uh, bringing communities together to, like we were talking about before, get uncomfortable, try new things, yeah. engage our imagination. So, you know, when we were doing Slingshot regularly, we would do theater games. And that was like a big edge for me. And that's why I wanted to do it because... Mm-hmm like learning how to think on the fly and engage our imagination on the fly and not judge our own expression. Yeah. That applies to everything. So that's, that was one way that we help people, you know, tune into optimizing themselves and uh, tap into their gifts and like really get out of their own way. And then basic stuff like going for, you know, walks through the forest together and like really just being present with each other, Mm -hmm. going, doing a cold plunge, uh, we haven't really led any sauna stuff, but yeah, there was a bunch of different things that we were pairing together to really, with the end goal of connecting people deeper to themselves and helping them gain confidence. Because when you get out of your comfort zone and you overcome that hurdle, you're like, whoa, I just did that shit. Like I did this weird ass theater game in front of a bunch of people I don't even know. And I didn't know I could do that. That that's, there's a door open, a new door has Mm -hmm. opened you, you know, and you can carry that momentum forward. So that's just a few of, some of the things we were doing with slingshot and then there's a bunch of stuff we do with mindset in terms of focusing on language and how that influences your physiology influences your mental picture your relationship with yourself your relationship with others and that's something we could go into if you want to as well yeah for sure i think um something so when we were going to collaborate on the mindful saturday Something that I was really interested in you guys doing was the theater games yeah. because I'm, I am a big advocate of play. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that the way that I get to play, right, is gymnastics in CrossFit. So, like, when I'm doing workouts, I get to do ring muscle-ups. I get to walk on my hands. I get to do handstand push-ups, stuff like that. Um, but I think that now play is, like, so taboo for adults and, like, mm-hmm. nobody like, – we just, we don't get to get in that creative space, right? Almost ever. Like I'll give you an example. When I get to do ring muscle ups or handstand walk or whatever, when I get fatigued, it gives me a chance to be creative and switch up how I'm performing the movement. Um, and that's really where I get to dive into my play. Like, okay, how am I going to change this movement so that I can like continue to go at the speed that I want to be able to like complete the workout at the time that I want things of that nature. But in like, when you look at I don't want to call them normies, but I guess for a lack of better terms, right? Like normies, yeah. um, they go to their nine to five, they wake up, eat breakfast, go to nine to five, do a normal workout, like a bro workout or whatever, go home, watch TV, eat dinner, maybe hang out with their kids a little bit. But like a lot of times people aren't playing with their kids. They're just like watching them play or encouraging them to go play with other kids or whatever, but they lose that sense of play with themselves. And I think that that's part of like what ages people so quickly and gets them out of like a healthy, um, mental frame right mm-hmm. i just i i can't i don't know exactly what i'm trying to say besides like i can't stress enough how important i think that play really is especially for adults right we become complacent we stay in one spot we're not comfortable with playing because of the way that it may make us look or whatever right like if you fall on a handstand walk for example like you get embarrassed or some shit mm-hmm. you know but i think it really is important to get comfortable in those situations so that you can like get better, stay creative. Absolutely. Yeah. Play is a huge element of my 
what serves me in feeling my best. And it, I look at it as this infinite energy source that we always mm -hmm. have available to us in every opportunity, in every moment of every day, there's an opportunity to play. And essentially it's just entertaining various possibilities. Like the way I'm interacting with the cashier, I could say something that's totally outside of what she would conventionally normally hear. And yeah. it could be like a joke, like, I mean, I'm having a tr having trouble thinking of an ex a specific example right now. Sure. But um, being able to basically, you know, incorporate novelty into various moments. And there's so many ways that this shows up. Like, what did you do as a child that really excited you where you just you got lost in the moment? It could be soccer. It could be uh, going for a run outside, sprinting as fast as you can. Yeah. Um, it could be, I mean, as an adult, it could be watching a stand-up comedy special or something along those lines. Anything that like really uh, allows you to connect to that inner child within. And yeah, it's really important in terms of maintaining that youthful aspect, yeah. uh, into adulthood. And it, 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 it allows us to become more flexible as beings because when we negate from playing or when we don't incorporate play into our daily lives, we become rigid in the way mm. we see things, the way we think, the way we operate and we become too routine oriented and then things just become really bland yeah and laughter is the best medicine you right. know so anything that excites you in that way is uh really important to take note of and uh important to incorporate intentionally into your daily life as something that serves us in our optimal being yeah i agree with you something that like comes to mind too for me is like i'm kind of a troll in like real life, right? <laughs> like I like to mess with people a little yeah, bit. So yeah. like if I go to a restaurant and there's like a waitress or a waiter or something, I might mess with them a little bit. And then the people around me become a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. And I'm like, why are you uncomfortable? Like, why is that so weird? Like I'm treating them as I would you, like my friend, you know what I mean? So I'm like, this is, again, it's just play, right? And if the person understands it and connects with it and also laughs or whatever, um, it's not, it's not weird. It's just not actually weird. I think the reason why people think shit like that is weird or think, uh, people who are, I don't, I don't know, going and like doing fucking weird, like dancing in the park and stuff. Like people think all that shit is weird because it's like the social norms or the construct mm. of society has yes. brought us to believe that adults can't do things like that. You can't do that anymore once you've reached 18 years old. You can't mess around with the waiter or the waitress because like yeah. they're not your friend. They're there to work or whatever. It was like that person's fucking working, dude. I'm sure they want to giggle. You dude, know, you're bringing a lot of light into the situation when you do that. And they're probably uncomfortable because yeah. they're not used to it because so many people are an autopilot. And this, this brings up a lot for me in terms of this new book or this book that I just started listening to, it's called The Fourfold Way. Mm. And she talks a lot about uh, indigenous wisdom and traditions and like how these people operated and you know, they were tuned in and they were living their best lives. And mm -hmm. she mentioned uh, the sacred clown society, which was a part of the Hopi tradition. Where yeah. Basically these people would come out during like religious ceremonies and like talk shit about the tribe's elders and like <laughs> crack these jokes and just do ridiculous shit. And and that brings up the trickster archetype, which I would call the behavior that you embodied when you're, you know, engaging with this waitress in that way where like 
you're poking fun to like illuminate where people may be attached. Cause if she's uncomfortable, maybe she's attached to the situation being a certain way when really she could just loosen up and be more open and yeah. flexible with how a scenario can unfold and flowing with it and like embracing the uncertainty of the moment. And therefore like, man, we feel so good when we, when we have fun with each other, when yeah. we get to just laugh with each other, crack a joke. And like, I, I love the idea of just, you know, throwing a wrench in the spokes of the moment and like, uh, creating a disruption, mm -hmm. uh, you could say in, in a scenario like that, because it's just fun for everyone. And it, and it, it illuminates so much within, like if I'm uncomfortable with that, why? Like probably cause I'm so used to operating in this way. And, and, and if you have, if you practice awareness, you'll be able to see that, yeah, you're, yeah, you're probably too rigid in terms of um, how you're operating in, in your daily moments and in your job and and that you also have the opportunity to be that and, and bring that into people's lives. For sure. Yeah. And it's um, obviously there are like times and places and there are inappropriate things. Right. But yeah. like most time, more times than not, people aren't trying to be inappropriate and right. it, it probably <laughs> is the right place. Right. So. Yeah, dude, I think that that's, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, where did your journey start where like you wanted to, how, where did it start when you wanted to kind of break the mold? That's a good question. Well, I would say that in, well, and it started very early and I don't want to say I regret getting involved in this particular way in high school, but Obviously, I had a developing brain and stuff like that, so it would have been ideal to have waited. But as I started uh, engaging with cannabis yeah. and, and psychedelics in my uh, later high school, mm. that's when like I just started to see things differently. And I was connecting with these individuals that were also doing the same thing. And basically, you start to recognize that things aren't as people say that they are. And it opens up these new universes and perspectives and ways of seeing reality that you didn't think were possible. And, um, so basically at that point and me being an artist too, we're like, my job is to see things differently and to yeah. see what different perspectives I can create. Like I'm a problem solver and I'm always entertaining possibilities and remaining open and, and detached as much as I possibly can. So I would say, uh, that was a big catalyst for that. And then getting involved in music festival culture where like you go there and it's it's essentially ruleless to a certain degree besides like respecting people of course and like right. being a kind individual and stuff like that but people are showing up wearing crazy outfits there's naked people people are engaging with psychedelics and just like really letting the wild beast within out to play and and through that you're like oh i can like be myself and these people are being themselves and they're like seem way more free than the people I'm experiencing back at home who mm -hmm. like assume their roles and like that's they only stay within the confines of their roles, which that serves a purpose and stuff like that. But basically these experiences were a big introduction to me recognizing that I can be who I want to be. And these people are living, breathing examples of that. And this community here is a living, breathing example of that as a whole. And they seem to be way more happy and fulfilled than what I see other people, the, you know, where they're at emotionally and mentally back at home in normal day life in uh, terms of like conventional groups of people. 
So that was definitely a big introduction to like living outside normal conventions and like what else is out there? That's the questions that was, that I was experiencing within me as I was opened up to these novel circumstances and experiences. Sure. How does that, um, how does that evolve into becoming a jewelry artist working for yeah, yourself? They, they go, they go exactly hand in hand because I was, I just loved being creative. I was, mm-hmm. I was always a rebel and, and always a boundary pusher cause I was a skateboarder and a snowboarder. So I always loved exploring my creativity and, um, through the music scene, me knowing myself as a creative individual, just love working with my hands and exploring in that way. There was people that made wire wraps, which was like a big fashion thing within Mm. the EDM culture at the time. And my friend was doing it. So I got curious about it and I bought one from him. I was like, this is really cool. And I was also into glass art and just into art as a whole. So at a certain point, I just was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I think I'm going to be really good at this. And I went to the store, just a local craft store, Michael's. And I bought a, players and wire and I had some crystals and I wrapped them. I'm like, I'm excelling at this very quick. And I just immersed myself right after that. I showed my friend Todd who introduced me to wire wrapping one of my first works. He was like, Holy crap, you're really good. So some positive reinforcement. And basically I just like took that and run. I would literally spend like 16 hours a day working with my hand, just getting lost in the craft and listening to podcasts and excelling really quick. And also, at the time, I was uh, into music production. So there was a few uh, different forms of creative expression unfolding in my life. And yeah, so like at first, it was just tinkering around with the jewelry mm-hmm. and going to music festivals and really loving like showcasing my work and connecting with people over it and making a little money doing it. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is I don't have to work a nine to five or potentially I don't have to work a nine to five through something I like doing this is something that feels right to focus on. Sure. So from there, it was like, let's get more serious about this. Started a social media page and marketing my work and continue to experiment uh, with the materials and mm-hmm. really just became a mad scientist and yeah. learn like, what are the different hats I got to wear? Well, I got to learn how to take photos and post them and write out, you know, uh, descriptions for these posts and stuff. And uh, interact with customers and, and learn how to price things and right. now bookkeeping and blah, blah, blah. So slowly but surely I started to build a business out of, you know, that thing that at first I was just curious about. And it was such a beautiful process because through me just committing to myself and being persistent, I was like, Oh, I can do what I want as yeah. long as I like actually care about it. And it's a reflection of something I truly want to do mm-hmm. and I commit to it. I can, I can make whatever I want happen. I'm, I'm proving it to myself now and I'm evolving and becoming better at this thing and like learning all these different skills. And, um, so it was a very, it was a process that really set the tone and the bar for me in terms of like what's possible in life. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways that I want to go about this. Um, and I don't want to group a whole scene of people together, but what differentiates you from the others in the sense that I feel like in those groups of people, oftentimes, you know, the, the plurs of the <laughs> world, right? The, the yeah. plur people. Um, I even have people like this in my life who aren't necessarily like those type of in quotes people. Let me restart this real quick. Oh, you're good. Oh, is it one you, don't you have to get a, my, this happened to my yeah. buddy. 
dude. That's so unfortunate. We have to get like a <sighs> got it. I got to get like a, a monitor thing. But um, okay. So the plur people of the world, right? Oftentimes they're not very much so like create a business or like make money off of the things that you're passionate about. It's that you're being a sellout and you're supposed to share your art with the world and all this stuff. Um, and they end up. So you said that a lot of them seem happy, right? But to yeah. me, when I look at a lot of those groups of people, and dude, you can even take it to the scene that I came from, the hardcore scene, right? Because that was very, <laughs> that's very like, like, uh, don't make money either. You're a fucking like sellout. Rock yeah, 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 okay. yeah, exactly that, Sweet. right? Um, I dig that. All that shit. But what differentiates you from those type of people where you're like, no, I can create a business from the things that I love, that I'm passionate about. Um, and not just have to do this shit for free mm -hmm. because yeah, even from the scene that I came from, it was like, you better not make a lot of money doing what you want to do. Because if you do, you're, you know, you're just, you're out, you know, it's weird to think that there's groups of people out there that think making a lot of money and like being wealthy is a bad thing, right? It's a significant part of the game of human existence and we have to make money to stay in the game. So yeah, there is an interesting unconscious collective story of people having that perspective about people that actually do well for themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we're, are you also alluding to like people getting kind of lost in partying and stuff like too, or more specifically that perspective? Well, we can talk about that too, because I definitely believe that in all, like in every, I hate to say this, but like it just is how the world works, right? Like that there are different scenes and categories of people. Yeah. Like for sure. It's that's, fascinating. Yeah. It, but that's how the world works, whether we like want to acknowledge it or not. Yeah. It's for sure that way, right? Um, do I think that that's right? No, absolutely not. But people are definitely tribal and they stick to their tribes and shit, you know? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, that, let's talk about the money thing first because sure. that, that interests me a lot where um, I recently had an interaction with somebody where they were like, you know, if I wanted to do this for the money, like I can't like say exactly what the scenario was, but yep. if the, the person was like, if I was doing this for the money, I would have been a millionaire years ago or whatever. And I'm like, dude, fucking prove it, <laughs> you know, yeah. like prove it. Then. Actions speak louder than words. Exactly. Like I, I just don't believe you, you know, like yeah. I don't believe people like that when they say that. And also number two is, whether again we'd like to acknowledge it or not we live in a world that operates off of currency you know exactly and the more currency you have unfortunately the more freedom you have you know and the it, and not that you're you'll be more happy because you have more money mm -hmm. or anything like that i definitely don't believe that but i'm gonna put this out there one of my goals is to become a liquid millionaire by 32 years old I've had that. I've had that goal for a very long time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? No. And some people would That's be like, "Awesome, <laughs> That's yeah. really cool." And some people would be like, uh, "And this is one thing that he said is that um, money is the root of all evil." I'm like, first off, you're a Christian, so you should know what the scripture actually says, and that's not mm. what it says, you know. Because I fancy myself a Christian now. Funny enough, in the past mm -hmm. three weeks. Um, the the actual quote is the love of money is the root of all e evil mm -hmm. in my opinion if you're a selfless loving self-righteous person you should want to be rich mm -hmm. so that you can help the people around you because that fulfills me like if i can pay my mom's rent every single month and pay my dad's mortgage off 
that's what will fulfill me. It's not the number of dollars that I have in it's my account. It's not a status thing. Right, exactly. No, dude, I don't yeah. give a fuck. Cars, who gives a shit? I know you don't give a fuck yeah. what people think of you. I yeah. see you speak your truth all the time, right. despite what others may think. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that that and like all my clothes literally are free. Like <laughs> I go. don't care. I could have like three gazillion dollars in the in my bank and I'd still be wearing a fit aid shirt that they gave me four years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are great shirts. <laughs> yeah. They, they are great yeah. shirts. Yeah, actually. Um so fit aid good on yeah. you for like having yeah. the the good shit but <laughs> yeah so i guess um where do you think all that shit comes from i mean i didn't really experience that that much but i obviously am aware of that that is a thing and like most like i have some friends where like they just they are irked by others that are doing really well and think that they're like manipulative and it, it just automatically makes them a shitty person but right. that's just their projection on to them. That doesn't mean anything about them. What I would say, like speaking on this person in particular that I'm referring to, this person has just had shitty experiences with people in power and that do have money and, and it somehow it serves some purpose within him to have that sort of belief. But, um, oh, so this is what I was going to get at. I, I think it's rooted in envy on yeah. a deep subconscious level. Like yep. they truly wish that they could have the freedom and the things that this person has, but they're not willing to like actually take the steps forward and, and go through the process, the really treacherous process of making it happen. Um, and therefore, yeah, just be, it's, a. Uh, yeah, they, they aren't willing to take the steps forward to, do it so it's e it just becomes easier for them to be like oh well they're a piece of shit and blah 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 i kind of lost where i was going with that but it's easier for them to justify not doing it yeah right yeah that's one thing that i say often too is that it's easier to be like become complacent like we were talking about earlier and not have to try to get rich than it is yeah. to actually get rich because when or get rich wealthy whatever it is right because when you are actually trying to go down that path there's so many no's and so many fucking failures that you go through exactly. on the path to get there and that hurts and it sucks and it's a strike to your ego and whatever but like the same people who say that shit you know the ones who are like rich people aren't happy blah blah whatever it's like a lot of them aren't but I mean, it's not everyone, but they probably wouldn't be happy broke either. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. yeah. So it's, it's not, it's not the, the money thing. So anyways, it, whatever. Yeah. I guess that's an interest. It's a good conversation to have because yeah. there are a lot of people that have money stories and, and judging people with money to be a certain way. And, and yeah, money being the root of all evil. Is that really what you want to believe? Does that serve you in terms of like what sort of life? you want to live is that even your belief yeah or is that just handed down to you and you're programmed to think that way i and so here we go i think that it is programmed yeah right absolutely. because people who are rich they also operate in a scarce mindset as well right like they want to be the rich ones the more people that have more money the less money is actually valued right so like the more millionaires there are it makes it more common which makes the the money like less valuable, I guess. And the more money you have to have to be in the upper echelon of rich people. Right. So like they'd rather keep people complete, compete people who are broke. Right. And it's the other thing that I want to say is that, um, calling rich people unhappy and saying that they're not fulfilled or whatever is like the go-to for anybody who's broke. Like it's the easiest thing to say. Right. But I think that it is social programming because 
dude, those rich people want to keep you working for them. Do you think that they would trade spots with you in a heartbeat if they could? No, Mm -hmm. obviously not. But you would trade spots with them if you could likely and have the same freedom as them. So yeah, it's programming so that you stay under them and you keep doing the things that serve them, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like, I hate to say this because I'm not socialist, but kind of like the socialist idea, right? Where they're like, um, fuck, no, it's not socialist. What is it? I wouldn't know. No, kind of <laughs> just the idea that like, you know, there's, there's only like a few rich people basically. And they just want to keep you as slaves for the most part, but yeah, yeah whatever. There's, there's so yeah, some rich people, but like binary thinking just isn't reasonable. Like saying a one group blanket statementing a group of people to be one particular way. It's never that way. Yeah. That's just not a reality. Yeah. So that's just not even true. Right. Like just look at how you frame it and you could, come up with countless examples of how that that doesn't apply to like any group of people like maybe a lot of this group of people are a certain way um but yeah that's all i really have to say about it yeah same (laughs) so what uh what takes you out of like the partying lifestyle yeah that's a good question well i wasn't happy (laughs) i did not feel good Mm -hmm. um let's see so that was a progressive thing for sure. And it just wasn't a sustainable lifestyle. You know, I had my experiences with it and essentially I just started to realize that I was chasing pleasure over purpose. And like I was on a hedonic treadmill. I was mm. just looking for like the next mind blowing experiences, you know? And, and then at a certain point I'm like, I feel more empty than connected. What am I doing? Like my goal is connection here. I want fulfillment and life meaning. So, you know, there's a place for plant medicines in the realm of healing and stuff like that. But when I was deep in it and going to a lot of music festivals and concerts and stuff like that, I was just damaging my body. And, and I was going to bars and stuff like that, probably from like 20 to 21 to 24. That, that was like a big bar phase. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even like the bars. I just convinced myself that I did because I was lonely and I was able to drink alcohol and have somewhat of a level of connection. And eventually it just, it was very, it was clear as day that this isn't going to work for me anymore. And what I had to do was find new people to hang out with and, and move on from that. And like actually, um, pursue sustainable health, wellness, and vitality. So that cycle just like ran its course. And then, within the last year or so alcohol just isn't even present in my life anymore. And I'm lucky. And I have, I have this conversation with quite a few people cause we're in Wisconsin. A lot of people drink and I have a lot of friends that are starting to let go of drinking, but I just started to realize even me like having one or two alcoholic beverages, it doesn't make me feel how it once did. I feel more disassociated. I feel more disconnected. I feel less like myself. What am I doing here? And then, yeah, and it was just a crutch that I leaned on and essentially an externalization of power because I was depending on a substance to be myself in a social setting. Right. So I'm automatically limiting my potential to be myself and express myself and have conversations of depth because I'm depending on something outside of myself to have these connections and conversations. So as soon as I started practicing showing up in social settings without it, it was just like, oh, this is this is where it's at. Like, I feel way better. I I can. It's not. I'm not gonna tank my sleep because I'm right. drinking alcohol before uh, before I go to bed. I'm gonna wake up feeling good. And really, it's 
it just was way more in alignment for who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. Was it hard for you in the beginning to show up to social settings sober? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was uncomfortable. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, I'm, it is, it's, I actually wouldn't say it's that weird because you're just so ingrained in this pattern yeah. that like you show up and like, there's this, you without even you thinking about it, there's an energetic draw towards yeah. the booze, towards yeah. the alcohol, because this is what we do every time is what we've been doing every time. And there's only been one circumstance in the past year. And actually recently when I was at a professional event in Richmond uh, for the Enlifted experience, which is uh, the coaching community I'm a part of, where like, I was just feeling a lot of emotions come up showing up to the event. Cause I'm about to connect with all these people I really admire and respect and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm going to get a beer when I get there. And then <laughs> just to like ease the nerves. And then I got there and then I got in a conversation and then I had like 20 more conversations and the night was over. I never even had a beer. You skipped so. the booze. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I was dude. like, Oh cool. Like all I really had to do was show up and then move my feet towards a person and start talking. To yeah. them. And then I was, I was in the flow and I was good. I was having a great ass time didn't even think once about it after that first conversation. So like the, it's interesting that yeah. the pattern's still there to a certain degree to like, I want to lean on something to help me through this. But like anytime I decide to not do that, I'm making a vote for the person I want to be yeah. and embody those behaviors that are going to serve me in being that person. So that's huge. Like one decision to not do that, you're making a vote for that ideal identity. Yeah. You know, fuck really yeah, dude. important. Congrats, dude. I really, I can appreciate that for so many people. I think that getting rid of booze is such a life hack yeah. in general, like fuck the poison part, right? Like that it poisons your body. But like for me, um, I personally think that booze does not serve any purpose aside from just getting like, okay. So what I meant by, isn't that weird? is but is um our natural state of consciousness isn't enough to go have a legitimate conversation with somebody mm -hmm. and we can't get in those deep conversations so much so that we feel like we need a substance to feel comfortable enough to have a normal conversation because mm -hmm. <clears throat> genuinely my thought is that like these types of conversations should be the conversations that we're having exactly. right but a lot of people can't do it without the help of some sort of substance. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example too. A, like a week or two ago, I met with somebody um, for some business stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to, like, I'm very picky about who I choose to surround myself around mm -hmm. now. And I think rightfully so. You know, I've had a lot of things happen in life. And also, I have a fucking goal, man. And like I have or a couple goals. And if the people that I surround myself with don't have any sort of um, value to add towards my life, but in the same way that I don't have the ability to add value to their life that can push them forward, can push me forward, I don't really want to entertain the idea of being yeah. friends, you, you know, a sense of reciprocity and, and supporting each other on your journey of where you're going. Exactly. Yeah. Sense. yeah. Yeah. And that's what I told them too. I was like, you know, the reason why I actually decided that, yeah, let's like, let's meet up. Let me give this guy the time of day and talk about this business stuff is because like, I think that there's ways that we could both have a value add to each other's lives. Aside from that, I think that a friendship can act. And I said these words, I'm like, I think that a friendship can actually be developed between you and I, because we seem to have some of the same values and moral standpoints, you know? Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about that is like, 
a lot of people don't have conversations like that where they're super upfront about like, <laughs> this is the type of relationship I want to have with you. You know what I mean? Or like, I could see myself becoming friends with you or something like people yeah. don't say things like that. I right? respect that. Yeah. It takes courage because of yeah. where we're at in terms of like, what is normal here? And, right. and people would rather people please than actually just be upfront. Yeah. Know? And dude, to be honest with you, like why waste your time? Yeah. You know, why waste the time? Like, you and I can add value to each other's lives in so many ways. I feel like you've added value to my life. I hope that I've added value yeah. to your life. Mm -hmm. But also, aside from that, we have a friendship too. Like, I genuinely feel like, and we haven't like hung out a bunch, we haven't talked a bunch, but I genuinely feel like, like, hey, if I'm feeling some type of way, I could probably call Bill. Absolutely. You know, probably call Wild yeah, Bill. Man. Yeah, exactly. And the, I hope you feel the same about me too. Um, but it's weird that we can't have those types of conversations without like substances and like feeling comfortable without like yeah. people, ha people go into those fucking, what do they, what do they call them? Uh, heart to heart only when they're drunk. And it happens so often when you're drunk because it's like suppressed conversations that you wish you were having otherwise. Yeah. But like, to me, it's like, why is it only happening when we're under the influence? Right. That's, so. that's a good question, man. And I mean, just to hit on a couple things. Yeah. I, there's still social anxiety like it doesn't mm -hmm. go away like because right. i'm i'm progressively putting myself in new situations new scenarios and and in terms of like who i'm surrounding myself by and and that comes with different emotions and different stories comes up come up in terms of like how i perceive these people and stuff like that so I, there's still social anxiety um and it, it's a never ending, and that's normal that's good it means you yeah. care about like being you know being yourself and engaging mm -hmm. in a way that's meaningful and establishing connections and relationships it means something to you yeah so your body's like let's get prepared let's get a little uh you know cortisol pumping through the yeah, body yeah. here and through the brain and essentially you know if, i'll just say this just to provide like some practical advice for anyone that wants to do this i saw this post on uh, a friend and mentors page about surfing the urge. So like if you're looking to change your behavior in terms of letting alcohol go at a social setting or maybe drinking less, the, the urge is going to represent a wave. There's going to be a point at which it's like accumulating energy and you, you feel it coming on and then it reaches the peak and it's like, unbearable and you're like this is never going to go away where's the fucking booze you know and eventually the wave crashes and it's gone and all things are impermanent so that urge is going to fade away as long as you can hold strong and the more you do that the more it becomes uh it just becomes easier yeah and and your ability to navigate that urge it just becomes has less of an energetic charge so yeah it's uh i imagine there is at least one person listening to this podcast that is recognizing this pattern in their life. Like, does alcohol serve me? It's a good right. question. That's why do I drink alcohol? Mm -hmm. And just get curious, forget judging yourself. Like, oh, like I'm a piece of crap and I'm unhealthy because I drink and stuff like that. Just be curious, inquire within. Is this, do you want to keep doing this behavior? If yes, fine, keep doing it. If no, then, you know, you can reach out for support or, and you, and you can make baby steps forward to, yeah. you know, let go of this habit that's been, a part of your life for for so so long and and we're in wisconsin i mean i feel grateful to be in a position where like i'm breaking the pattern in yeah. my like familial generational cycle where it's like 
I'm good. Alcohol is not a core component of my life whatsoever. Right. And if you guys want to keep drinking, that's cool too. I'm not going to judge you, but let's not act like it's fucking good for us. You know? Yeah. Let's not glamorize it. I no, mean, it's not glamorous at all. It's like your, your brain shrinking and people your brain is shrinking. People act like idiots. Like when you get yeah. to be the, <laughs> when you get to be the sober guy looking at like tailgates and stuff and you're the one that's laughing at the people not with the people it, it's like a little bit different right because you're kind of like man i used to put myself in those compromising positions too and like imagine the things that like could go wrong with yeah. being in that mindset or that mind state right um to me also to touch on this it's just a little food for thought for people kind of where where you were at or what you were saying rather for me when i gave up alcohol it like it was easy. I've, I've been on and off giving up and like going back to drinking throughout years, dude. Mm -hmm. Like when I was 21, I went the whole year without drinking. That's, like, that's, yeah, that's a, that's, yeah. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we live in Wisconsin. It's like a drinking state. Like this is what uh -huh. we're known for. Right. But what I truly believe, and I'd love for people to explore this in their own life is that I don't think that anybody genuinely drinks um, just for fun. Like, I just, I have a very hard time believing that. That's number one. I, I have a hard time believing that the only reason that you're drinking is for fun because I don't think that there is any, I don't think that if it was just for fun, you'd be looking forward to it every weekend. Mm -hmm. If it was like a one off thing, like, oh, man, you know, we're having this bachelor party. Yeah, Vegas or something. <laughs> yeah, this bachelor party. I don't really drink otherwise. You know, we're going to Vegas. I'm going to, you know, drink for the weekend <laughs> with my boys or whatever. Fine, whatever. You know what I mean? It's one thing that you're looking forward to. By the way, I don't judge anybody that drinks. I just yeah. hope that you don't because there's a few reasons why. But um, if you do, no judgment. That's your calling. It's your life, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that most people don't drink because it's fun. They drink because they're dealing with some sort of shit in their life, whether it be you're not happy with your nine to five job, you hate your fucking boss, you're not happy in your relationship or whatever. The second thing is, is that I don't believe anyone when they say they like the taste of booze, <laughs> <laughs> any booze, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you, wine, beer, liquor. I've, I fancied myself a beer guy, right? I was into like IPAs and sours and all that stuff. Yeah. And I remember this distinctly. We went out for my birthday um, for my third, no, my 29th birthday. I had been sober for 75 days. I did 75 hard, <clears throat> whatever, sober. Then we decided to go out on May 14th to do a pedal tavern downtown. And I remember drinking my first sip of an IPA, like a trusted true IPA for me. And I was like, oh dude what the fuck yeah this doesn't taste Wrong. the same way yeah it doesn't taste the same way that i thought it did and then i realized it was that day and that was also the last day that i ever drank um that day i realized dude no one likes this shit it's all shitty it's just you get used to what shitty is and there's some shitty that is better than the other shitty you know what i mean yeah yeah well i would say taste is subjective so i'm i mean there was a point at which i enjoyed alcohol yeah and at this point, do I? No, definitely. No, I don't. That's for sure. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to hit on with the whole relationship to alcohol. Oh, yeah. So I don't think across the board, it's like if you drink, it's I mean, it's definitely not good for you. I think there's varying degrees of relationship with alcohol. Starting yeah. With like, well, f the first question to ask is, am I doing this to connect or am I doing this to avoid and numb? 
And I would say anything past two drinks, what are you doing? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you're lowering your vibration. I would say that objectively. And we've mm -hmm. all observed our own behavior and other people's behavior while they're drinking. It just, for the most part, brings out the worst parts of people. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's, it's a deep rabbit hole and I'll just leave it at that. And I, I, you know, there's disorder drinking and I believe you can have a somewhat healthy relationship with alcohol, but let's not yeah. say that it's good for your body by any means. You yeah, know? yeah, I agree. Like having an, an intentional glass of wine to celebrate and say it really like helps you connect more with people, a yeah. single glass of wine, cool. Yeah, and yeah. also to be clear, I don't ever close the door on the fact that I might have an alcoholic beverage yeah, again same. either. I'll it's have a just, celebratory drink. Yeah. yeah, it's just not serving my life right now, not even one, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've been completely sober for I think almost two years now, but. That's cool. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks, Big dude. Um, yeah. A question that I wanted to ask you, though, is so you said that you weren't being your like cup wasn't being filled anymore with like the party scene. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I guess the the first question is what what did give you that fullness when you first entered it? And then when did you realize like this is not serving me anymore? Or how did that like come about towards the end? Yeah. Um. So can you, can you repeat that? Please? Yeah. So like when you first started, you said that, you know, you found this community of people. So I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that part of the answer will be like, you found community and that was, what up, Cal? <laughs> the dude that just cleans my gym came in right now. <laughs> the, the homie. Yeah. So I'm going to have to close that Colleague. door in a second. But um, when, so when you first entered into like the music scene and all mm -hmm. that stuff, um, it like filled you up a little bit, right? Yeah, like absolutely. it gave you a sense of fullness, yeah. but then you said that you eventually lost that and you kind of got disconnected. So I guess yeah. what was the main point that did make you feel fulfilled in that community or that group of people finding that community? And then where was the end where you were like, okay, this no longer serves anymore. Yeah. So, I mean the, the psychedelic substances and stuff like that, MDMA, LSD, mushrooms, alcohol, there was other things. Don't need to go all the way down that rabbit hole. Yeah. They allowed me, I was like, I was able to be myself. It, they were, they were bridges to further self-expression and sure. further levels of connection until you reach a tipping point in a precipice where you're like, whoa, they, I'm going it way up and then I'm fucking crashing straight to the ground and I'm burning. Yeah. And I could only do that so many times before I was like, something's got to change. Like where I'm like, I'm like fucking up, you know, my vibe for like three, four days at a time. Cause I partied so hard and I party for 12 hours straight or, or whatever it was. So yeah. essentially through that process, I started to feel empty. And what I started to also recognize with that was that a good majority of the people there, it was a similar situation and they were running from something and they weren't like actually depending on themselves to create the connection they wanted. So mm. like I noticed, yeah, a lot of those hedonistic tendencies of like purely chasing pleasure and just like, partying nonstop without, you know, not really using any of these substances with intention. I'm sure there's a few people here and there that would use plant medicines intentionally and to open themselves up and for self-discovery and stuff like that. But for the most part, I started to realize how the party scene and, and the music scene and music festivals, it was, a, it was very toxic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but like for the most part, what removed me from participating in those sorts of events and those sorts of communities was because I was, I was turned into like a shell of a human because I was abusing mm -hmm. drugs and I felt absolutely terrible. So there was like 
essentially like many rock bottom moments where I was coming down on drugs were like, I just felt so bad. And I was like dealing with demons. Like I was, I was, I was fucking battling darkness within me to an extreme yeah. extent. I was like, this has to fucking stop. Um, so I started to get into health and wellness and like actually create a sustainable sense of feeling good. And how can I create endorphins in my body without drugs? And like, depending on these substances to like have these peak experiences and explore basically just living a healthy lifestyle and how much better that felt because of the consistency and yeah, that led into, you know, further exploring that. And, you know, there was, an, there was another rock bottom point in my life where I was making jewelry and like, Hold I was one going, second. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Do your thing. Do your thing. Restart this and shut the door. For sure. Cal, you can start back me if you want. All right, back to it. Yeah, so there was another rock bottom point in my life where like I was still partying a little bit um, and there were some other things that were creating imbalances in my life, such as completely letting my self-worth rely on my performance in jewelry and how well my business was doing. So that was my sole focus and I really isolated and it was really a detriment to my health because I had no, I had very minimal relationships of depth. I wasn't really getting out and socializing and building, you know, connections that serve me and stuff like that. And I just felt really alone. And I, and I was lost in my own psyche because I was in an echo chamber because I was all, I was for the most part alone, not always alone, but alone a lot because I was like, this is the only thing that matters. That was like the unconscious story. And my, and my self-love depends on how well this does. I have to be the best because it was all rooted in insecurity, the pursuit of this. Recognize that, brought awareness to it. All right, there's like other dimensions of life I have to focus on here, of course, because mm -hmm. I feel terrible. That's a signifier. And that led into me. I was like, I have to try something different. So there was a, a Paul Check event that had popped onto my That's radar. such an old name, dude. Paul like, Jack. yeah, I, like in the Jack beginning, Street. yeah, <laughs> in the beginning of like my, um, I guess holistic what health journey to like probably nine years ago, ten years ago. I remember that name. That's so crazy that you're bringing it up. So anyway, dude, keep going for sure. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, he's the man. I love Paul. Yeah, he's so great. That event popped up, and I was like. I need to just go on an adventure. I need to answer some sort of call. I, I need to pursue a pattern interrupt. I've always been a fan of that concept. Like if something's not going right, just try some different shit. You yeah. Know? So I was like, I need to go do something. So basically this radar popped up on my social media or whatever. I'm like, if I sell a jewelry piece in the next three days, I'll buy a ticket and go. Sold a piece for like $800 like the next day or the next two days or something. Bought the ticket went out there and that was like another big catalyst in my healing journey where I was like, these are the type of people I wanna connect with and recognize mm -hmm. this is the crew I wanna be around. These people are living their best lives and like just a completely different caliber of people. And they do plant medicines, but it's a completely different thing. It's as a means of healing and, and, and having a better relationship with oneself, understanding and knowing oneself further. It's um, not like the- It's not partying. Yeah, and so like, I think, I don't know how you feel about this. I think a lot of times in that world, people like to justify their drug use by saying that it's healing mm -hmm. and it's, you know, for self-discovery and stuff like that. When it's, 
it's not at all and it's a clear abuse of drugs yeah and there for sure is healing properties to these plant medicines Mm -hmm. absolutely but they have to be used the right way but most people aren't being honest about how or why they're using them yeah it's really hard to be honest with oneself too because there's so many unconscious mechanisms that direct our behavior so it's Mm -hmm. it can be really especially if you're someone that partied in the past to use any sort of substances moving forward intentionally in a way that's going to serve you becomes really hard because the mind is very adept at convincing you to fulfill a craving versus like, and like go back to your old tendencies of using something to cope or avoid or whatever it may be versus yeah, using these things to serve oneself and, you know, creating a distinction between a craving and a calling, you know? And yeah. So, and I, I see that all the time. I've seen it in myself, people that they're going into ceremony, on you know, a regular basis, but like there's integration work to be done. Like the plant medicine experience is like, while you're in it, it's uh it's only one piece of the puzzle. It's a very small piece of the puzzle. The mm-hmm. actual work is following up and taking actions in your life to integrate what you learned and, right. and embody what it is that was shown to you through whatever experience you had. So yeah, I have had, I have witnessed that a lot within plant medicine culture. Um, but yeah, so at that Paul check event, that was something that like solidified, solidified a lot for me, a huge catalyst in terms of me understanding who I want to be around and who supports me and being my best self and who are just in my heart. I'm like, these people are so cool. They're so loving. They're so accepting. They're so kind and compassionate and creative and and they're living and creating their dreams and they're actually doing the work they're they're people of integrity they're saying what they mean and they're meaning what they say all these different things and i after that i just continued to keep opening up rabbit holes putting myself in different situations that's essentially why i'm here with you right now and why why i came to that first mindful saturday i was like communities where it's at i want to meet more people along the lines that are living these lifestyles that inspire me and surround myself with them because it's such a huge component of one's growth journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. A couple of things there, right? A lot of people may have those realizations that they want to surround themselves with different Mm -hmm. people and like kind of get away from their, their old friends or whatever. I know that I've had my own journey with that and it was, it's a difficult journey and it's not a, it's not an amazing journey to go through. (laughs) Um, Simply because like a lot of things that can happen are like, uh, you've changed, you don't hang out with us much. Like, dude, I've heard it all. Like the cliche fucking <laughs> bullshit that you hear from people. Like you've changed and you feel like, are you better than us? And like all this stuff is like, no, dude, like I'm staying true to who I am and who I want to be following my journey, my path. And you know, uh, you guys can either like come along for that journey and like grow yourselves or you can stay where you're at. And like, Either way, I have love for you as a person. I'll never, ever lose my love for the people that I came up with and the people that I grew up with. A lot of my friends were friends of mine for years, over a decade, you know what I mean? But I realized at some point, some of them just aren't pushing forward and I wanted more than what was going on, you know? Um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all that stuff, financially, like so many things. And sometimes you have to let go of the past and grab the future. And something that I say often is better to be in no company than bad company. However, you should always be in company, right? Community is everything. Um, so when you make that realization, what's that process like? Like, is it like kind of daunting to you? Is it kind of like, you're like, fuck dude, I finally met the people that I want to 
to surround myself with. Yeah. The old people may not be serving me that much. And then how do you get yourself in those social circles as well? Yeah. Um, the path less traveled is absolutely one of isolation, at least to yeah. a certain degree at first. And mm -hmm. I think it's an ongoing thing where you're going to be an outsider because you're yeah. living in unconventional ways and you're seeing things differently and you're going deep within yourself and making changes. And it's fine if you want to live a life where you're, you know, complacent to some degree and like you're fine with it. However, like, yeah, it's so with that being said, the journey of um, finding these new friends and letting old ones go, it's definitely challenging for that reason, because it becomes you notice as you're in the world, it just becomes really hard to relate to people. And that's okay too. You yeah. do your best to meet people where they're at and connect with them. And it's all love and, and keep those relationships going and engage with each other to the degree that feels in alignment with you. Mm -hmm. And then aside from that, continuing to connect with communities, that's, there's so many ways to go about it. And it's just a matter of like understanding what are the activities that are in alignment with, you know, my path moving forward, whether it's, yoga or i love to play pickleball or i love going to you do and i i i haven't played it in like 10 years but i like ping pong so I, yeah. i'll say I, I like pickleball i can't say yeah. i love it just because i haven't played it in so long i gotta but tell you about this, somebody who i'm interviewing sure. then yeah but i'll tell you later pickleball pro <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> he's made his way into the space that's for sure yeah but uh yeah so for me, it, it was a matter of putting myself in communities that were doing things I was also in alignment with. So yeah, for example, I went to more Paul Check events. After that first Paul Check event, I met some really awesome people. And that's where I got my first you know mindset personal development coach. Because I was like, you're living differently. I'm very curious about your life. So how did you come to be this person? Like, mm -hmm. What are the things that you do on a daily basis? And and like, what's your self-talk talk like? And how do you manage your emotions and your mentality and just direct yourself how you want to direct yourself? So I started working with this man, Ryan Sprague. And that was just another like breadcrumb I or like a way of fortifying my path forward and hanging out with more like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with him and then he's like, hey, we're doing this New Year's thing. If you want to come out, you know, come on through, answer that call. So it was just a matter of like, becoming aware of the opportunities and then just showing up, just showing yeah. up in different places where you're like, these people are doing what I want to do. And therefore, if they're doing things that are in alignment with you, you're going to have other similar values. And, and you're just making that connection to like, this is the community I want to be around. You're making it more concrete. You're signaling to your mind that this is what we do. And this is how we continue to cultivate the path of fulfillment. And then as far as friends that may be out of alignment, um, you could either have a direct conversation with them, be like, Hey man, I'm going to need some space. And this is why, and it doesn't mean anything about you. It's not that I don't love you. It's just like, things are different for me. And I'm trying to make, I'm making some changes in my life. Yeah. Um, and that can be a hard conversation. I haven't really had to have that many of those. It's more so like the relationships that are meant to go on, just have, and the ones that aren't just have fizzled out. Yeah. You know? and, totally. and that's fine. And I, just as you said, I still love those people and I'm there for them. If they want to make changes and they need support, I'm there right away. Absolutely. Um, but don't expect me to come out to the bars and shit and like get hammered and do cocaine and shit. Like I just, I yeah, don't do yeah, that yeah. Anymore. yeah. Yeah. Or like give you a hard time cause you won't do it. Yeah. And luckily I've never really had to deal with that. And if someone did, I've been like red flag. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. a boundary. I, I really can't have a relationship with you if you're going to treat me this way and try and right. pressure, pressure me into toxic behavior. Right. Yeah. 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 
Um, so just to give some more like actionable step or like yeah, sure. value to people, this seems super rudimentary uh-huh. and um, very like easy, right? But you say that somebody like uh, Ryan Sprague, right? He asked you to come to the New Year's event or whatever. For so many people, I know it seems like kind of silly. It would be daunting for them to say, yeah. It was daunting to assume. Was it? For me. Yeah. Because I was hanging out with a new caliber of people. So when I yeah. got there, I, I felt like a black sheep because I was in this limbo period. Yeah. I was exploring wellness and you know cultivating my knowledge in the area. But these these motherfuckers, they're like... They were definitely many steps ahead in terms of where they were at with their businesses and and just their their caliber and essence as a whole in terms of like how they're free within themselves mm-hmm. and how they express themselves, their confidence, all these things. And they're talking about Joe Dispenza and all these things that are over my head, all Joe this mystical Dispenza. stuff. Yeah. And so like a lot of the times it was hard for me to be there because and I was judging myself a lot because I didn't feel like I had much to contribute and I felt like an outsider. Felt like imposter syndrome. Exactly. Almost, which, yeah. which is a great uh, beacon or a, a great uh, indicating factor that you're in the right place. Because yeah. you're putting yourself in a room of people that you know have something that you're working towards. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, here, pay attention. And um, just the fact that I showed up, huge win. And that was a step in the right direction. And, and yeah, it was, it was scary to be like, oh, I'm flying out alone to Oregon to go meet, yeah. up, meet up with Ryan and six other people I've never even met before and stay with them for like five days. Um, but so those, how do you do that though? Oh yeah. Um, you just decide and go. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. that's it. Like get over yourself yeah. and, and remind yourself this is, this is the path forward, right. you know, and, and reinforce yourself, you know, talk to yourself in a way that's going to support yourself in taking these steps forward instead of, um, you know, telling yourself that you're not good enough to be there or that that would be really scary. I'm not going to do that. Recognize that the fear can be a North star for you. Yeah. And that if it feels scary and like a leap, take the fucking leap. Mm -hmm. And when you take the leap, you're going to find a feather bed at the bottom because, and that's a Terrence McKenna quote. And it's like that every time. And as soon as you do something like that, you just continue to do that more. And, and that's really what fortifies uh, the path of evolution and really yeah. growing is like I taking the leaps is where it's at. That's what feels the best. It's scary. I continue to do it though. And it, it feels the best ever. Cause like I said before, anytime I do something like that, it's a vote for the identity I wish to embody and the yeah. life I wish to have. So. Right. I think it's important to say too, though, that, as long as it doesn't put you or the people you love and the people that you care about in a compromising position, mm-hmm. that leap is a good leap. Exactly. Of, of course, there's variables to consider. For yeah. me, it was more so like just overcoming the fear and deciding to go. So right. if you see if the fear is there and everything else is in alignment, you're like this is a good move for me, then it's just a matter of moving your feet into the into the house you're going to or the flying to the city you need to go or go to the event. Yeah, whatever it is. And and just show up and and trust yourself right so some way that that just showed up in my life was heather and i and dude i don't know if you believe in synchronicities and like all that like crazy shit so check this out um i am trying to separate myself a little bit from a company that like i've done a lot of work with right and so like this year heather and i we obviously we started the podcast and we got this whole thing going but um and this is a little bit of imposter syndrome too right so 
she asked me, she's like, well, do you want to still go to Rogue this year? And I was like, yeah, Rogue is like a big CrossFit competition. It's like, yeah, I mean, I still want to go, but like, I don't know if we should because, you know, we're not going with this company. And she's like, well, yeah, but wouldn't, shouldn't we go because of the podcast? And I'm like, I don't know. We're not really there yet. I feel like, you know, so, um, anyways, long story short, I came to the realization. I was like, no, I'm saying I don't know and no, because like, I don't necessarily feel as though like that's that we're there yet, but that's how you get there is by doing the things necessary. Right. So like booking the trip, booking the the shows with people, like asking people if they'll like show up on your podcast or your YouTube channel, whatever it is. Right. And this and that. And dude, it's crazy because as we like, <clears throat> so we booked it and we're like, we're not going to work with this company, whatever. Um, I end up finding out that they're not even going anyway like at the end of the day. So I'm like, holy shit. And they go every year, by the way. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that the year that we decided to not go and we decided to take a leap of faith and do things on our own and go for media purpose or whatever, that they are also not going. And for me, that was one of those leaps where I was like, I don't know if we should do this. We're not going to be making money while we're there, but showing up because taking the chance, you know, kind of the same way that you did to go yeah. the New Year's thing, right? No risk, no magic. Exactly. Totally. So let's talk about your trip, dude. <laughs> your trip recently. Sure. Yeah. How did that go? Tell us what was, was why did you do it? <laughs> well, what did you do and why did you do it? Yeah. First and foremost, because I could and an, an yeah. opportunity presented itself in terms of circumstances in life where, you know, I lived in Milwaukee for the past five years, uh, renting a property from this guy who I established a good relationship with. And, you know, I went through a few different roommates and the last roommate I had, he moved out abruptly and yeah, just things didn't work out. And I was like, yeah, dude, whatever you got to do, you know, to serve yourself, please, you know, move forward with that. Um, nothing personal, of course. And he moved out. I wanted to find another roommate, but it just didn't work out. So I was like, what do I do next? Like either I rent another spot to move into or and then this idea out of nowhere just came well i love traveling and i'm an adventurer and i love being in nature and camping and all these different things and really just exploring and seeing what's out there um so my roommate moved out and that idea popped into mind and then you know there's a couple options to weigh out but that one is what felt most exciting to me. And it was a perfect time because right now in my life, there's just major transitions and changes happening and they will continue to happen. And I'm going to solidify myself here in Milwaukee in terms of, you know, business and getting a property and who knows when, you know, I'll get married and stuff like that. But those things are on the near horizon, right? And you want to get married? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, I haven't thought about it too much, but I like the idea of union and yeah. ceremony and, um, yeah, that, that concept and really committing to another individual in that way sure. in, in terms of moving forward. But, um, with, you know, all these responsibilities coming down the tubes at some point, I figure now's the time to do something like this, go on an extended road adventure. Um, uh, me being someone who's always been curious about nomadic lifestyle and just all the magic and majesty of what nature has to offer and just being enchanted by these beautiful Narnia level style national parks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically just an opportunity had presented itself and, um, with considering all the variables that are showing up in the near future in terms of all those big decisions, I was like, now's the time to do something like this. 
because it's an ex it's a big period of time to be away and basically i'm i'm my own inner scientist and experimenter so that was one of the reasons why i did it was to really create this intense pattern interrupt in my life and through that see what shows up in terms of my inner realm and what i can learn about myself through the process so um yeah i mean the trip was amazing it was really really hard it was a lot harder than i thought it would be because essentially you omit all convenience. I'm spending a lot of time alone. Um, I'm living out of my car, so it's more of a minimalistic style of living. I'm reorienting myself completely differently. I'm putting creativity to the side, and you know, through that you recognize where I'm attached to like what I produce and things along these lines, and um, self-sufficiency, and staying up on my nutrition and my health mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which all those things become so much harder just being on the road. But uh, yeah, just epic adventure. I answered the call to the adventure I wanted to take and uh, seized the opportunity that presented itself and um, got to see the most beautiful places, some of the most beautiful places on the planet, meet amazing people. And I led a couple workshops out uh, when I was in Colorado for the Enlifted stuff that I do. And yeah, there's so much I could go into, but I don't want to like draw out all the nitty gritty details of what it was like. It was lots of long hikes through yeah. the forest alone, which was fucking awesome, dude. That's got to be sweet. Just getting to be present with myself and slowing down and just being in a walking meditation for like 10 hours straight if I wanted to, you know, and, and, and the healing properties and benefits that come through that and, and the clarity and the peace. And it was just really nourishing for my nervous system, that element of the trip. And also it was a really big test of my nervous system capacity and my ability mm -hmm. to adapt to uncertainty and new circumstances. And it really strengthened my muscle to maintain the course in the mystery and in the uncertainty, which as entrepreneurs and creators, that's our element right there that's yeah, where we sure. want to be where it's like things are always going to be up in the air to a certain degree and it just taught me a lot about trust oh yeah just keep trusting and and the right people will show up on this trip when they need to to connect and and that happened and um yeah it was a beautiful experience did you have any like before you left did you leave with any questions that you wanted answered from this trip and if so did you get the answers I wouldn't say there was any specific questions that I wrote down. I just, I just wanted to put everything to the side and allow myself to be and, and slow down and let my, you know, whatever messages are there for me or awarenesses come through. And yeah, I, I was able to establish more self-love because I was able to maintain my ability to really be there for myself and and love myself to the deepest degree possible even recognizing that i'm still tethered to what i create uh in terms of supporting my self-worthiness yeah so through that process and that was one of the main things like what's going to happen when i slow down and i'm not creating anything and i'm tested in all these ways if there was any you know if there was a question it was it was that one it was it was relatively open-ended in that area but uh, I would say that was one of the main insights, my ability to show up for myself and, and strengthening that ability to show up for myself and love myself despite whatever's coming into my life or whatever I'm doing or not doing. Sure. That's mm -hmm. cool, man. So getting back now to normal life, what's the, what's the trajectory of Wild Bill's life? <laughs> what's happening? 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm doing some coaching work right now, primarily pro bono, just cause I'm very much a uh, white belt in that area. You know, I've done the stuff with slingshot, but working one-on-one -on -one with people in terms of emotional literacy and, and awareness and, and how their words are impacting their relationship with mm -hmm. themselves, helping them get clear on what they want to do and how they want to move forward. So specifically in the realm of mindset, so just getting repetition there. And there are some really amazing opportunities. One that showed up yesterday, very synchronistically, which I'm not going to speak upon on the podcast. I can mention, like we can talk about it after, yeah. but where it's like this crazy full circle moment where I have this opportunity with someone that, you know, I've admired for so long and someone that's really been a formative figure in my life. That's dope. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And then just, on the topic of creative projects, I know you said life trajectory, but we're doing another men's immersion in Costa Rica next year. Eight. Yeah, plug it. So, Costa Rica, Costa like Rica, you guys are doing it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. Um, Slingshot or Unlifted? Not in, well. Or a collaboration. Unlifted, the principles and tools and techniques of Unlifted will be incorporated into the retreat, um, and Slingshot. Yeah, that's another thing, but. So I, last year's men's immersion, that was slingshot branded in a way, but I'm working with uh, my brother Ryan and Rob may be involved as well. He's still deciding if he can swing it or not, but yeah, cool. end of April next year, we're still working on dates and stuff like that. Um, five day experience, basically, you know, everything under the sun, men's work and learning how to really come together as a team and offer each other honest reflections and, yeah, dude. and spend a lot of time in nature, move our bodies, do some breathing and get clear on where we're getting in our own way. And, 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 you know, through these processes, getting out of our own way so that we can really show up in all the dimensions of life when we get back home and really taking things up a notch into the next level, uh, via that, you know, in our relationships, you know, with our, uh, romantic partners, our kids, if we have them, uh, our professional relationships and, um, yeah, just getting clear creatively things like this, but, uh, yeah, things are coming together. If anyone's listening to this and wants to chat further about that, hit me up on Instagram and I'm sure we'll get into plugs and stuff later. Hell yeah, dude. But dope. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, with that being said, I'm going to restart this one more time and we're going <laughs> to, we're going to end the pod there. Cool. Let's do it. All right. All right. Wild Bill, I ask, um, our guests three questions mm -hmm. at the end of every pod and, uh, you may have answers. You may not just let me know. Question number one is what is your biggest goal for the next year? So we're coming up to the end of the year. I'm going to say next year. Mm -hmm. What's the goal that you have in mind? Um, your top one. Yeah, let's see. You probably have a lot. But. Sure. I haven't, I haven't, you know, I put the goals to the side recently just being on my trip. Oh, my throat. Mm. Let's see. Um, main goal is to, you know, the, one of the ones I set while I was at the Enlifted experience is to be able to make $50,000 in net revenue or net profit within the space of health and wellness, which is a big goal for me within the next year, big goal for me because it's a new endeavor and yeah. I want to be able to, you know, support myself 
financially via what I'm most passionate about. And yeah, still figuring out how jewelry and wellness fit together and what my groove and more specifically is with coaching in terms of demographic and ideal avatar. Mm -hmm. But, uh, that's, that's one of the bigger ones for sure. Sweet dude. Um, I'm working on this question because I don't really think I like the way that it's phrased. Sure. However, I'm going to ask it anyway. What are you willing to sacrifice for the goal? That's a good question. Oh, man. I'm willing to sacrifice complacency, and that's likely generic. We've been talking a lot about getting out of our comfort zone. However, um, moving the needle and really taking these big leaps and making these big evolutions requires immense discomfort for yeah. sure, because that's where all the best opportunities are is putting ourselves in the arena of fucking, you know, facing ourselves and our smallness. So it takes work, man. It does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what are you not willing to sacrifice? What? Dude, what are you I, not willing to sacrifice? Um, love. There you go. <laughs> nice. That's in all, in all realms or what? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Benevolence, you know, uh, benevolence, love connection, you know, all the great things that support me in like maintaining my path and, and doing it for the greater good of humanity and, you know, something greater than myself. That's good, dude. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Yeah. It's an interesting question because most people that I talk, talk with about this, they say, or that I ask those questions to, they're like, I don't really feel like I'm sacrificing anything to get to my goal because it's just their path now. True. You know? I get, you know, it's really just perspective. Yeah. It, it's yeah. semantics really. Though. But it, but, but I appreciate your answer though, too. Complacency mm -hmm. for sure. You know, and then Cause it's, it feels good to be comfortable. Yeah. It feels amazing. It feels good. You got to sacrifice that for, goodness. You know, is it going to create the outcome and result I'm looking for on my deathbed? No, no, probably not. Yeah. Most likely not. Exactly. You know, yeah. Not for me. I can say that much. Right. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you being on the show and taking the time out of your day to be here and talk with me. Um, nothing but well wishes, dude. Love you, bro. Thank you so yeah, you much. Too, it was man. such an honor. So much fun. And Dude, you're crushing it, and I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of this creative endeavor. You too, man. You too. Go ahead and plug your shit. All right. Uh, if you want to find my jewelry art page, William Arthur Jewelry. If you want to find out and explore more of what I'm doing with health and wellness and inquire about coaching, Wild Bill Wellness on Instagram. And, yeah, those are my two primary platforms. You can find other uh, offshoots of websites and stuff on William Arthur, my, my jewelry page, as well as my wellness page. So thank you guys. Hell yeah. Thanks so much for watching this pod. Thanks for listening wherever you're at. If you're on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, I don't know, man, I have a thing <laughs> that puts it everywhere. Use so Buzzsprout. huh? Use Buzzsprout. I think I use like rss.com. Um, so wherever you're at, make sure you subscribe, like it, do all the cool shit. Appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully this was a value add to your life and uh, we'll talk to you in the next one. Wow, Bill. Thanks, brother. Smooches. Cool, man. Nice work. Dude, that was great. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. That was sick. <laughs>